The event is one thing, but the fallout is something else entirely. Let's get started. That's just that's just Twitter, actually. If you vocalise uh, yeah. Twitter, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, so yes, Liv and Angus are back after their mini hiatus and missing arguably one of the biggest F1 in review episodes. But we'll allow you now a few moments to summarise as succinctly as fairly and hopefully without swearing what happened at Abu Dhabi. Your thoughts on how this season was concluded? The season. As it was, as we said, and I said this coming into it, either deserved to win. Both, I wouldn't mind who won because, you know, they've both been incredible this season. I thought that both drove a good race. Obviously, I think teams were the ones that made more mistakes than drivers. And I think that looking at the end, I think that Max was more than a worthy winner. He drove very well. And I would be totally happy with the fact that he won the championship. But I wish that, just for him as well, not just for Lewis, but I wish for both of them, for the sport, that it hadn't happened the, the way that it had. So that in, that in the sense that I'm not angry that Max has won and Lewis hasn't, because, you know, Max has been fantastic. I'm pleased and I understand why they went wanted to go to green flag conditions i completely understand the reasoning but i do i do um, i'm on the side of people i agree with people that have said that it does seem wrong and it's not even just wrong you know oh that seems a bit odd like quite literally against a rule book in the sense that they decided to allow those five cars to pass and not the rest of the grid like i it i couldn't quite believe it when when it, when it happened because i was almost like what it felt like you it's how someone would write it for a film right it felt like how that someone would write it for a film but it turned out that actually five cars were allowed past but it was real and it was happening in front of us and you know i've seen people say well you know mercedes were on the wrong strategy blah 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 however mercedes were on the strategy that they that they saw out in front of them in front of their very eyes which was that lewis was far ahead and max was behind five back markers that so why would they have possibly considered needing to have a different strategy in order to defend max when he was you know it, it's it's very difficult to blame strategy but in my opinion although i'm happy that max was able to be there and they were able to have this battle max shouldn't have necessarily been there because he would have had to get past those five back markers and by the time he had done so there probably wouldn't have been enough time to get past and just like so it's clear like if it had been the other way around i would feel the exact same way i'm very much i don't care who won and I said I've said this in previous weeks in the sense that everyone deserves it you know what an amazing season whoever wins good on them I wouldn't have minded if it was the other way around I still would have felt the same way that it is a bit of a joke for um the, the FIA to act this way and just the whole recent races we've discussed it before the way that Michael Massey and the and the, and the stewards and, and race control have been acting it is odd <laughs> and there has been some things that we've been like this this isn't right and it's it, it almost kind of felt something's going to happen this weekend kind of thing what what's going to what could possibly go wrong you know that's going to make this championship something go wrong and i i almost felt like once that first incident happened on the turn seven or whatever it was i thought oh, well that's the incident out of the way of course what <laughs> what we were to actually get was something absolutely outstanding and the only thing that i can 
I can say is that it has been fantastic for the publicity of the sport. I, I, so many people, I don't know about you guys, so many people I know who don't watch F1 have asked me about it to tell me more. They want to know more because they're excited and interested about what happened and that's exciting and I'm happy to share with them. But it's a bit embarrassing that this is the reason that we're having to explain it because they quite literally change the rules in order to get good television um and i so i completely understand how mercedes feel i completely understand how lewis feels and obviously like b- before we started recording um we mentioned nicholas atifi and i think that it's it, it's really sad as well that people that i think that the fia are out of everyone are the ones to that should you know get in the sense the most blame if you can call it that and it's sad that people um mainly mercedes and lewis fans are um having to take to social media to abuse Nicholas Tiffy for having an incident and blaming him. What One of the things that I, frustrated me most last week when this was happening to, to Nicholas is people blaming him for fighting for a place when it didn't matter. But when you're a racing driver, every place matters. You're fighting for your team and your position. It doesn't matter what's happening ahead. And people blamed him for racing when more important things were happening. And I think that the way that it's gone about, just so Twitter, social media, the media, it's all gone not very very well and i think it's a shame to have ended the season that was one of the best seasons i could ever remember in this way so that's my conclusion thank you <laughs> i've been i personally i'm not just a formula one fan i'm a big sports fan for me i've always been a massive football fan been a massive cricket fan rugby for many years formula one for many many years and one thing that always drew me into sport was how the things that you don't think can happen can happen for example, the 2008 season, that finale, Hamilton being done for, he was absolutely done for, and then Glock suddenly drops back. Is that Glock is the call? And then Hamilton passes him. You couldn't write that. It's amazing. And stuff like the 2010 finale, four drivers going for the world title, or that amazing um, Bahrain Grand Prix in 2014 where Hamilton and Rosberg were going toe-to-toe. And just moments like that which you and and moments like this we've had this season like in Baku when Hamilton Verstappen's tire blew up we, he was going to waltz to a win but then that happens then Hamilton's going to waltz to a win because he aces the start but then he messes up his uh his magic button setting for me that's why sport is so great because sport should be a should not be a script sport should be let something play out and then whatever happens whatever transpires that's what makes it so amazing what i saw was Michael Massey going against every single fibre of sport, trying to create a script, trying to cower to the the thirst of Netflix-hungry fans and recent F1 fans, not people like us who've been in the sport for, for either for lo- a long, long time or even for several years. Now, sometimes it might not play out the way you'd like. If the script had played out the way it was, that race would have seen all lap cars overtake, it would have seen the race end under a safety car with Lewis Hamilton cruising over the line to win his eighth world title. Now, I was asked in the aftermath of that race, would I have been comfortable with that as an outcome? Yeah, I would, because that's how sport plays out sometimes. Because sometimes the moments which are a, a little more underwhelming, such as drivers winning the title easily, they're made up for when moments like this season come along. We've waited so long for a season like this where two drivers from opposing teams have been going hammer and tongs at it and it's genuinely incredible it's made better by the fact we had to wait for that now i'm not saying i'd want there to be 20 years of famine and one year of feast but the fact that we had to wait for such a battle and it came along 
it was amazing. Now, if it was going to end in that way, okay, that's ru- that's a bit rubbish, but it doesn't mean that somebody in charge or people in charge need to adjust the rules to try and make a more exciting ending. What that created was a completely unfair scenario, and I completely... I think there have been times this season where Mercedes and Toto Wolff have not conducted themselves well at all in terms of their pressure on the radio, to the stewards, their conduct in public. But they have every right to be extremely angry at what happened and the fact that they had their advantage. And they dominated that race. Hamilton absolutely bossed that race. He drew away, even when Perez did an unreal job of blocking him. Hamilton still took back control. He still managed the pace. He got threw away everything. He aced the start, I forgot about that. And all of that was just thrown out the window, just for entertainment purposes, just to create a one-lap shootout in this season, which was almost too perfect for F1. And it was such a good season. I cannot remember a better season across the the, the 22 races or however many races in F1 in my lifetime. And it, that's what made it so good. But then it was just ruined at the end by that one-lap finish and the fact that the stewards and Michael Massey threw out the rules. And people might say, oh, it doesn't matter. It was a few lap cars that would happen at any race. How convenient it was the five lap cars between Hamilton and Verstappen and that Ricardo, Stroll and Schumacher weren't allowed to unlap themselves. How convenient that in the rule book it says that if cars unlap themselves, you then have to wait an extra lap for the safety cars to then come in because the cars have to catch up to the back of the pack. But no, that wasn't going to be followed. And I'm not a person who is saying, oh, you must follow the rules. I mean, maybe that's just maybe this, that's just my teacher mindset coming into this. And the fact that my belief of how important rules are, are and how, especially in the place that I work, they really are important that you stick to those and you maintain those. But it's such, such a bad precedent for for however long into the future of basically saying, right, there's a set of rules, but if we want to change it, we can, you know, because we want to create this perfect scenario. The whole point of sport is that these perfect scenarios don't come along too often because they're not, they, they're not perfect. And when they do come along, they seem even more perfect. And that's when those great sporting moments are created. Either driver would deserve to win that championship. And Max Verstappen doesn't not deserve to win that championship because he drove an incredible season. But Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton have absolutely every right to feel they've had that absolutely robbed from them. Because the way that last two laps played out and the back and forth on the radio, Michael Massey suddenly having a massive change of heart. That it, it just the, the main emotions I had in that last lap and the the person I was watching it with as well, my mate I was watching it with, were, were oh my god, how has that actually happened to end a season? But then immediately after the checkered flag, I just, it didn't feel right. It just didn't sit right with me. And I, I yeah, it just, for the reasons I've explained, I think that it just, it wasn't right for me. It seems to me like, actually, as much as I might want to blame the FI, and I'm not going to go as far as you, Angus, I don't think it was necessarily manipulation. I don't think Massey no. actually had any... Uh, intention behind it other than to actually fulfill the requirements set by the pressures of Christian Horner and Toto Wolf, which has been throughout the entire season we don't want to end on a safety car we don't want to end, want to end on the safety car so do you think perhaps Toto Wolf shot himself in the foot and actually by hammering at Massey for the last two years, um, you know, we didn't hear last year's radio messages, but I, I assume they're quite similar to this year's. Actually, what they did was was put Massey in a mindset of, well, you know, if this is what they want, then I'll make sure the safety car comes in and not, as you say, Angus, 
letting Hamilton cruise slowly behind a safety car over the finish line. It's an interesting point about how the whole appeal. It's appeal, basically appealing to the referee. Um, those what those two have been doing the whole season. You, you hear Christian Horner, Toto Wolff, Jonathan Wheatley, the Red Bull manager, Ron Meadows, the Mercedes manager, just whining on the radio. And one that's one thing which doesn't sit right with me across all sports, really, especially football, especially now in F1, moaning to the referee because it sets such a bad example. Um, to children, to adults, um, and it transpires into into out of professional sport environments. Um, so you could argue it was some form of karma um, to, to to Toto Wolff for being that argumentative and demonstrative demonstrative about his um, his willingness to want them to let them race. But I just he let them race. He, he did, did that. He did, he but you know, but gave he, them exactly what they were wanting. But, but he manipulated the rule. That's the thing that doesn't sit right with me no. the most is the manipulation of the rules. Now I will never go as far as saying it was rigged because that would be an outrage to call it that. It was not fixed. No way was it fixed. But to say it was manipulated, not for Verstappen's benefit, but for the benefit of the show. Okay, the benefit of the show, and the show should be important. But sport is sport entertainment can be sporting but sport does not necessarily have to be entertaining sport being entertaining is a byproduct okay sports being entertaining is not the main aim if it's entertaining great but if it's not entertaining okay well you just wait and some entertainment will come along okay there are rough patches like the last few years there have been some rough patches there have been some rubbish races so why spoil what's been an incredible season with a slightly manipulated ending and yes whilst they did let them race i just think i i i mean they just i don't know i think it's just a it's it's a it's a bit of a it's it's difficult to explain it in a in a few minutes or or anything but yes um i think the whole thing's just a mess really it doesn't take anything away from verstappen at all his title but i think just the thing was a mess but the thing is that let's say that they weren't racing on the last lap we ended on the safety cars we would be talking about how this was manipulated in favour of entertainment. We would be talking about how this was manipulated in favour of one team or another because then you'd have Red Bull doing exactly what Mercedes are doing, saying, hey, you didn't let us race. You finished under yeah, the Yeah, but no rules were broken. We no, rolled the dice, yeah. all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, that would be different. Followed. Yeah. That one would no, be like, no, unfortunately, no. you were put in that position because of how the race went, and unfortunately, you did have unlapped cars between you. But that's what racing is, and that's how and, and then Red Bull Red would Bull, complain because obviously they would because yeah, it's about Christian Horner. Safety and say, I was going to say, but that's no. not literally a rule that's been physically broken. It's a sense that we recommend for safety this, this, this happens. But I can understand, and obviously they'd complain, and I wouldn't be like, don't complain, Red Bull, because that's what literally what they all do. It's part of the, what it is now, unfortunately. But they would have less legs to stand on because I can understand why Mercedes have appealed because they quite literally rules have been physically broken and changed because of or as Angus's argument about but to make it more exciting whereas Red Bull could complain all they wanted and I understand if they would but at the end of the day if it had been if it had been how it had happened and Lewis had cruised across under a safety car Red Bull would be like well you should have made it go to a green flag but then Michael Massey can say well for safety reasons it didn't and that would be what it was I think you can the, that, the easiest way to, to key into Michael Massey's thinking is his very very short admittedly conversation with conversation is <laughs> probably a loose term um, yeah. when when Toto says you know Michael this isn't right whatever and and he replies we went to motor racing 
And, um, yeah, he was like, it's I, racing Toyota. No, he oh, said, that was no, so he said, petty. No, no, he, said, no, he that didn't. Was he so said, petty. Well, you might think oh, that, that was uh, that was literally that's like the kind of argument you get in a playground where yeah, maybe. But actually, I think he was saying to Toto, right? No, mate, we went to motor racing because this is what you want. And I think I think that's what he was saying there. And for us, right, it comes across as. Is you know, oh yeah, we went to motor racing, ha. Huh? But actually, I think what he was basically saying to Toto was, look, you've been pestering me about mm. not finishing under safety car, so we went to motor racing, and I wonder if it will bring you any modicum of confidence going forward that the new FIA president has said that he will not allow Abu Dhabi to happen again. Yeah. Or the race or the situation. <laughs> well, that's what I was thinking, right? <laughs> I, I think yeah, he's referring to the, the situation, but he said this will not happen again. Yeah. And uh, Mercedes now withdra- withdrawing the uh, their own complaint um, m- means that we can finally, finally move on. So does that give you any confidence going into the 2022 season? <laughs> no, because they've now shown that it's open season on the rules, to be honest. The one thing I can say is that if Mercedes get a fast car next season, Lewis Hamilton is unbeatable because he will take that negative energy and the disappointment and he's just going to absolutely smash the field. I can see it coming. I remember when Rosberg took the title off him, he came back the next year and he was he smashed it basically. He, did, he had a tough fight with Vettel but he smashed it. If they have a fast car next year, he's winning the title undoubtedly because he's going to just be like, I'll show you all. Um, and yeah. then just do a mic, then just do a mic drop retirement with the eighth title. There are actually those rumours swirling around at the moment, though, aren't there? That uh, believe it or not, Hamilton is considering retiring. You've got Valtteri Bottas hinting that um, he's heard about the retirement plan, so to speak. Some people saying it won't happen. You've got Toto Wolff saying he's disillusioned with the sport entirely. And we see as well him not turning up to the uh, FIA gala night on the Sunday, which uh, the new president of the FIA is saying could result in uh, sanctions for the individual driver so it seems that in terms of this race the fallout of it is um, only just beginning and I doubt that Hamilton will quit Formula One but it's quite clear that Formula One has to go and repair its image we know that Mercedes have uh, rescinded their appeal shall we say because they've held constructive talks with the FIA so they say but I don't think we're seeing the end of this insofar that um, there's going to be a huge PR rebuilding job for the FIA but I don't think we should confuse ourselves that this is the first controversial decision ever made by Formula One ever you know, some would argue that controversy, uh, split opinion, potential uh, discrete biases have always been at the heart of many aspects of Formula One. Let's not remember or let's not look back too far to the Ferrari engine incident where they settled out of court and um, many said that Ferrari should have been banned for the next season because of their illegal engine. Let's go back to 2008 where they said that Lewis Hamilton shouldn't have won the championship because of Spygate. You know, so there's always been bias and uh, secret agendas, some people say, uh, when it comes to Formula One. But um, yes, I'd say this is one of the biggest rebuilding jobs that the FIA has to do in terms of their reputation reputation but I'm confident they will do it because if you carry on down this uh, I suppose spiral of uh, interpreting the rules and then it being unclear how this has happened then the sport is destined to lose interest I think from the vast majority of motor racing fans they'll go elsewhere and you'll get 
it turned into a sort of uh, entertainment show more than anything else and hence we see the FIA launching an inquiry into the events of Abu Dhabi so I think they understand the gravity of the situation and um, I'm confident that um, they will build back as they say. It's also a bit ironic, isn't it, that um, the first thing that we see from the new FIA president is talking about how Hamilton's broken the rules, um, given that what happened in Abu Dhabi. But I doubt there'll be much of a of a, a punishment going towards towards him, simply because I think they'll try and move on from this quite quickly. Yeah. I I see Michael Massey is maybe not retaining his job for too much longer, which is a shame. Because I'm of the opinion that uh, you shouldn't just be sacked for making a mistake because that that adds an element of jeopardy to your job. And the FIA and especially the the adjudicator should make choices for safety. And you might say, well, actually, what happened was outside of that and breached that. But that doesn't matter going forward. You can't make exceptions to things. You can't just sack people because you don't like it. What I do think needs to happen going forward is uh, a, a reassessment of the rules, which is obviously what Ross Braun is doing. The ability to take away um, points from drivers and constructors should be um, something they're open to doing to have more severe punishments for severe safety breaches. Um, and finally, Michael Massey needs a team under him because it's not fair for him to deal with all of the moaning at the same time he's trying to deal with the racing. I think if if they were to, were to do a punishment, which... <sighs> It just seems so petty to me. But if they were to, because I know he obviously the, the new president might want to start off, you know, showing that he does mean to punish those who apparently don't, you know, stick to the rules, whatever. I think that it would be more something like a fine. I mean, people are saying like, oh, he should get a penalty at the beginning of the next season. Absolutely a tosh. That's not going to happen. But if it is anything, it will be some sort of fine or something like that towards the team or himself. And honestly I like I know that he has been down and obviously he's taken it hard but I I think that the drivers themselves have actually been the ones that have handled it probably some of the best it's for me it's the teams without doubt I think Max and Lewis themselves were actually very gracious both of them uh, were actually quite sporting I think I do think that if it had been the other way around I wouldn't have expected to see Max and Max's father in particular acting the um gracious way that Lewis and Lewis's father did however even then I think just because just because we know Max is a person it's so much more fiery in reaction to things I still think even then the drivers are you know they respect they actually do respect one another and yes they've had all this this year but they're like good for you blah 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 move on for me it's the teams for me it's Toto or for me it's Christian Horner and for me it's you know those Jonathan Wheatley etc who are beside them that are the ones that have are so petty and keeping this going and keeping all these arguments so personally I just think let Lewis be like it's such a difficult thing to deal with, as you say, Tristan. It's different from any other loss that he would have experienced, really. Well, yeah, pretty much, because it's so unprecedented and so... You can't even plan for anything like this to happen. Um, and, you know, I I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it, but I don't think he should be penalised for that. Um, and, yeah, for me, it, it was the teams. But I don't think he'll retire. I think he's probably having these difficult thoughts and the team's having these thoughts because it has... it as I said it's something that you just can't even it's difficult to wrap your head around especially when you're so involved but for me as Angus pointed out I think that for Lewis is, is so strong as and he he I just see him coming back and putting up such a fight next year and making the season so exciting and reminding us why he's so so fantastic as a driver and a, as a sportsman so I'm just excited to be honest I hope I hope I'm right I hope that we don't see him go because I don't think I'm ready for that quite yet I want to see him and George competing for starters um and um let him have his time and then you know when it when it needs to be 
he needs to leave, he needs to leave, but hopefully not yet. I mean, part of me does feel, though, that Hamilton and Mercedes not attending this prize-giving gala, so it's called, is somewhat petty, and it doesn't really draw a line under the season. It shows it's going to be sort of rumbling on. And I understand that Hamilton's going to be so annoyed about this season and how it's come to a close, and it leaves a bit of taste in everyone's mouth, I think. But it's one of those where... There's been other losers throughout history, be it World Cup finals in football, be it, you know, uh, tennis championships, be it presidential candidates who have won the popular vote, who have then turned up to the event where they receive their losers medals or are there for the for the sport and for the integrity of it. So I feel like Hamilton not turning up to this event, so to speak, when it's clearly dictated that the top three drivers had to turn up and there's been times where Felipe Massa's mm. turned up after 2008, where Rosberg's turned yeah. up after losing to Hamilton, Vettel turning up after losing to Hamilton again. You know, I understand he must be angry, he's handled himself very well, but this whole boycott, if you will, this protest is... I don't know, a bit childish, I'm, I'm tempted to say. Can I interject? You can. You said that it's clearly written in the rules that he should attend this event. It's also clearly written in the rules that all uh, back markers should be unlapped. Any. <laughs> or any. 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 <laughs> I know that. Hold no, on, no, no, this no. is the thing. It says but any. But it also, is, okay, well then maybe in the FIA rulebook for attending the awards, it says any of the winning parties and losing parties must attend. Okay. Listen, I just think that out of I just think that out of the big out of the things that they could that they could keep being petty about, they've okay. they've dropped okay, the main then. they've they've dropped the main thing, so, which was the big which was dragging on, which was the um, appeal. That's the real thing that they've dropped, and so essentially they've let it go. Let them just miss some awards ceremony, for God's sake! Like let, <laughs> they've let, me, let go the big let thing. Me read they've let go the big article, thing. Article forty-eight point twelve mm. of the FIA rule book. It says. Unless the clerk of the course considers the presence of the safety car is still necessary, once the last lapped car has passed the leader, the safety car will return to the pits at the end of the following Once the last lap, lap car. Following mm-hmm. lap. What did you think of the justification, though? Because the um, this is something Tom and I discussed last time, and I, I'm not going to tell you whether I agree with it or not. I just want to hear yours. Um, they said that the justification is that the director has the final say on the on the race car, and this is... How they yeah. they're justifying what? it, which well, it in the rule book. Final say. Yes, he oh, does. So, he so gets. So now, so now Michael said Matthew's gonna feel like oh, he's like, he's gonna sit in the middle of a dry race. And you know what? I have the final say. No. So I'm gonna, I'm yeah, technically a, speaking, I'm gonna he chuck, could I'm deploy gonna the a, safety car any time. I'm gonna get a fire engine to dump a load of water. Not not the Monaco because I have the final say. He, he has the Come final on. say of Come the safety on. car, and and he, they are mm. saying, and I'm taking it you're not agreeing with this one, Angus. <laughs> they're saying that because the race director has the final say over the safety car although it also states that you come in after after the the lap or in the next lap um basically michael massey can withdraw uh, withdraw the safety car whenever he say, say uh, whenever he sees fit um so uh, uh thoughts on that oh, no. uh, <laughs> yeah just it is a bit of a grey area, isn't no, it? it? Is. And to be honest, I to be honest, I was overacting, but my point is is I just think that in the grand scheme of things, an award ceremony isn't the end of it. If someone was ill, they wouldn't be yelled at. Do you know what I mean? He might he's men- he might be mentally struggling, which is for me is enough of a reason not to go. I d- I I think he's just recharging for the ultimate tilt next year, and he's going to win all. He's going to win all twenty. He's going to win all twenty-two races by thirty seconds, and he's, we're going to forget this ever happened. On the Hamilton thing, I read actually that 
So the penalty would be <clears throat> so the uh, FI have a system where you get th- if you get three reprimands, you get a ten place grid penalty. Now the first reprimand was him blocking was it Mazepin in Saudi Arabia? I think is that yeah, remember the practice session? It was when they yeah his, he breaks <clears throat> yeah yeah his second re- maz- reprimand second Mazepin second reprimand. <laughs> no, second, not another one. <laughs> his second reprimand was blocking Gasly or Mazepin in Abu Dhabi. Now, this missing the <laughs> prize-giving ceremony would be his third reprimand. So, therefore, he would get a 10-place grid penalty. Not because he's missed the ceremony, ceremony, but because it's a reprimand. So, that's what mm. I've read. That, um, would, that would apply to the following race because of, uh, yes. of one of the F2 drivers got around that one year. And they, they realised that there was a loophole in that. And so, yeah. it would be applied. The following, the following race being Bahrain next year. So, yeah, I think that might actually be a, a penalty for him. Um, in terms of the retirement rumours... I mean, like I said earlier, I can just see this like fueling him for next year. But at the same time, on another point, Mercedes aren't in the situation where they were in 2016, where Rosberg jumped out the door, um, where they could go to Williams, who was managed by um, Bottas, was managed by Toto Wolff, and they could say, "We'll pay out, pay out your contract." You've got Felipe Massa to come out of retirement. That'll sort it. Mercedes don't have an option. Because, Ocon, in my opinion, no, because he's he's in a watertight Alpine contract. So I don't think they break him out of that. What about Pierre? No, Pierre. Hulkenberg. Hulkenberg. No. I think Hulkenberg. Someone, I read an article earlier where they suggested they just go to Alfa Romeo and pay off Hulkenberg's contract. But I Bottas six point The Bottas strikes back. <laughs> yeah, uh, oh, but that, that's the thing. I think, and also Hamilton. Lest we forget, he's driven his whole F1 career with a Mercedes engine in the back of his car. He's Mercedes ambassador. He has a partnership mm. with them about the, with the Hamilton Commission and encouraging the di- um, more diversity in motorsport um, employment. So I don't think he'd walk away. I know him and Toto Wolff have got a very good working relationship um, and a professional relationship, but I, just, I can't see, simply because the lack of options and also basically Hamilton wouldn't do his mates like that, let's be honest. But, um, but I, I just, yeah. I can see why he, I can see why he'd be very hurt, um, as for reasons stated earlier in the podcast. But I can't see him walking away just yet. I think he's got a two-year contract. He'll fill, he'll fulfil that. If Mercedes come out with a good car next year, title eight and title number nine could be easy, could be definitely coming his way. Because we're now in deep into the, well, I say deep. Because we're now into the F one off season, it's the rumor mill has started, and and these things are starting to be flown round. And and I thought I'd. Um, bring up a couple of things I, I saw today. One of which is Audi's um, prospective uh, confirmation into into Formula One. Don't get your hopes up just yet of seeing uh, a red and white or red and black sort of uh, livery um, because chances are they'll partner with a team. But it looks like we could have um, Audi coming into F1. Although I think I seem to remember Audi always sort of say we want to join Formula One and they kind of never hmm. do. But because of the engine regulation change, they're they're more likely to come in now, which would be great because it'd be good to have uh, Mercedes and Audi hmm. on the on the uh, track. We just need BMW to come back and partner with Williams again, and then the uh, we would come in full circle. And the other thing is apparently two teams have discovered something about the 2022 uh, regulations for the cars that other teams might not have. So we might have a Braun jeeping all over again with the um, double diffuser, like um, how Braun brought that in. Um, so it looks like the the rumours are Audi's going to come in and two teams might already have, have started to play the old you know, loophole game um, with the upcoming regulations. So I wouldn't necessarily just yet be so certain, Angus, about 
uh, Mercedes's dominance going into the new regulations because Haas mm. might be coming for them yet. Do you have any inkling of who the two teams might be, or did the article just say two unnamed teams? <laughs> no, it just said two teams. If I if I had to bet anything, it'd be Ferrari and Mercedes. Um, but that's only because mm. of their engineering prowess. I mean, I wouldn't par- put it past someone like McLaren um, to have come up with something quite ingenious. Uh, but these new regulations, they will throw havoc into the uh, into the teams. And there's a lot. Of, there's been a lot of development um, going on behind the scenes, and a lot of the a lot of the teams have not been developing anything. Hence, why Haas, for example, is so slow because they haven't developed anything for this year. Because mm-hmm. why would you? It's a you know, it's a, it's a walking dead car. Um, but for for next year, it would be really nice to see the mm-hmm. Mercedes not be super duper. You know super duper fast and hamilton winning by 30 seconds you know in the it would be great and i think to to go back to the mid mid 2000s when we actually had sort of midfields play midfielders playing up with the uh, the big boys at the front and it, it kept feeling like a teams were rotating who was at the back so i don't know i i think maybe hamilton might be back with a vengeance but i wouldn't necessarily be fully confident that his car is going to be all dominant as it was in 2017 and it may just be me with my sort of optimistic hat on but when we consider that there's been as you say some teams who have been so focused on this season they have not perhaps been looking too much at the new 2022 model and you've had others which have been you know looking solely almost at 2022 or had one eye on that and one eye on this season it does give you optimism that we may see uh, a Ross Braun or Braun GP should I say 2.0 of a team just coming out of nowhere launching themselves to the front not saying that they'll you know, romp away with the competition like Braun did back in 2009 but um, we could see uh, perhaps a bolt from the blue which is Exciting. I mean, the last time we saw that would have been, yeah, 12 years ago. So, yeah, would be, would be refreshing. And so ends episode 35 of F1 in Review. Thank you very much for once again listening to us talk about that Abu Dhabi Grand Prix and the fallout from it. Mercedes boycotting that FAA prize-giving gala. Um, Mercedes also withdrawing their appeal for how that was decided. And as well, rumours that Hamilton will be quitting the sport altogether. And Merry Christmas, everyone. This is, of course, being released on Christmas Eve. Um, so I hope you've uh, been on the nice list, put it that way. And we'll be back. Uh, one more time this year to look back at this season as an entire entity and putting some awards forward for the best drivers, the worst drivers and ultimately those who need to improve. Until next time, thank you very much for listening.